It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year. I'm Gabriele Marcotti, and I'm pronouncing my name uh, with an Italian accent this week because, of course, Italy are in the final of the European Championships, but more of this later. This is the final game podcast from Poland and Ukraine, and to mark that very rare occasion, Spain in the final of a major tournament, I'm joined by Guillaume Balaguer, who uh, you know from so many different places, and of course, from uh, the Times as well. Guillaume? Hello. French time. You didn't say Guillem Balaguer with the Spanish accent. So Guillem uh, Balaguer, how's that? I don't that's want, better. I don't that's want better. to go to, 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 uh, to Catalan for you. Um, now, fair to say that many of us had uh, Spain in the final. In fact, uh, if I can toot my own horn in the uh, uh, Times' Interactive Euro 2012 supplement, I uh, predicted all four semifinalists correctly, uh, Spain, Portugal, Germany, and Italy. Um, however, I got the result of the Germany-Italy game wrong. I had Germany in the final. Good for you. And as you can tell, I am extremely <laughs> upset. Um, were you surprised Italy in the final? I'm surprised. And if you have a look at the uh, beginning of the tournament, the game against Spain, you didn't see a lot there. You saw a solid team, and you saw that Balotelli and Cassano could be a handful, but you didn't see a team that will actually make it to the final. The exception being, of course, that you know that Italy at some point is going to start playing better. And if they're allowed, they've got that touch of luck, they can go a long way. You have to trust them. You have to just see history. Uh, you're there all the time, aren't you? Was it a touch of luck against Germany? Was it uh, uh, Yogi Love's, uh, uh, with hindsight, rather cat-handed um, lineup and tactical decisions? Or did Italy actually play well? Or I'm some just, combination? I'm just going to say something I haven't thought of, but uh, I see if you agree. Every team that has changed their way to actually try to be the rival, they've been knocked out. So the teams that actually have been faithful and loyal to the way of playing have gone a long way. To, uh, Spain, Italy, Germany decide to uh, put cross in the centre midfield and exiliate uh, Ozil to the, to the wing and everything was going through a seal. What was he thinking? They're out. I might correct you on that one. I think you'll find that England actually didn't change their way of playing against Italy and still went out. But uh, I guess they didn't lose to Italy. I think it was on penalties. Um, Balotelli, most people, many people's man of the match, maybe not yours. 
the jury will forever be out. I, I think there's a sort of giant philosophical debate raging between uh, uh, his, uh, his two former managers. Of course, one is now his current manager as well. Uh, Jose Mourinho says he's uncoachable. Roberto Mancini says he can become one of the five uh, best players in the world. Did you see anything new, anything you didn't expect from, uh, uh, from Balotelli? What I saw was uh, a completely different Balotelli to the one I've seen live twice, uh, right at the end of the season in England. And I saw a guy that actually tracked back that he still got to understand what pressure is, but he tries to do it. He moves around, he runs a bit without the ball, which he didn't before. So that's, that's definitely one thing. Two, the belief is there. Perhaps he wasn't completely gone, but you could see, for instance, against Spain, that famous chance that he had where he... He lacked a little bit of, I don't know, uh, mental strength. I don't know what it was. And also, the more he thought about it, and it wasn't just against Spain, I think against Croatia, he had another chance as well. The more he, th- he thinks about the chance, the, l- the lesser Balotelli looks. So now you've got a guy that can run with the ball and think and finish and uh, also attack, attack a ball like a normal striker, as he scored with his header. So... A complete player. He's given a couple of jumps in, in quality in this tournament, no doubt. Man of the match. Uh, Pirlo was important. Marquisi were important. But generally, I would say the way Italy played just uh, suggests a team that uh, it was a team. It was a unit. Have you ever seen Italy have taken more shots on goal than uh, any other team uh, in this tournament? Uh, is this the most... And I will be the first to say that taking a lot of shots on goal does not per se make you attacking... But is this the most attacking Italy team you've ever seen at a, at a major tournament in your lifetime? Um, it probably is. 82 became a little bit more uh, uh, offensive at the end. But the fascinating thing is that two years ago, we were accusing Italy of being very, very defensive, two, four years ago. And then, boom, they just go from defensive to offensive. And that links a little bit to what people are debating in England about the English team. They trying to say, well, how should we play? Should we have more possession? It's not even about that. Give the kids the ability to keep the ball, to be tactically intelligent, and then then you're able to do whatever you want. Don't be Italy, don't be Spain, don't be Germany, be yourselves. But you need those two things, which of course Italy have, and, and because they have it, they can just switch from offensive to defensive, not only in two years, in the same game, in the same half. It's interesting, it's interesting you say be yourself because right every time a team does badly in a, in a tournament and it happened to Italy after 2010, it's happening now with France and, and England. It seems to happen with England every two years actually. But they start saying, oh, no, but we need to change the model. We need a root and, and branch review. We need to you know, emulate the French model, emulate the Dutch model. Now everybody wants to emulate the German model. Um, you're not... Buying that, you don't think that the German model is the path forward for everyone? <laughs> How quickly we forget about Spain, aren't we? Yeah, I'm sure at some point they wanted to copy the Spanish model. No, 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 hold on. We're talking about a Germany that has been copying the way, the style, the possession style of Spain. Talk to Jack and Law. We're talking to Italy that all of a sudden have decided that possession is the way forward. Okay. So we're talking about three of the finalists playing, or the semi-finalists, playing certain way. So, yeah, there is a bit of that. There's a bit of fashion about it. You realize it's not as if Spain invented. Possession simply means having the football. It's not like it's something made it that fashionable. Spain, Spain invented. Made it fashionable. Yeah, go, go talk. Made, made it fashionable and successful, which is a, a, a fantastic combination. One that people seem to be a little bit bored of now. 
I could be wrong. I think there's a country in South America that plays in uh, green and gold. That Which they always keep the ball as well. Dr. Joachim Lowe. In fact, there was oh, yeah, well, Joachim Lowe says so, then it must be true. So, um, no, no, Dr. Prandelli. Why, why deny it? No, no, Prandelli is very clear about the fact that he, he thinks that the strength uh, of Italy is in its midfielders, um, like the strength of Spain. And, and he, he's, he's very open about that, that you know, he, used, uh, he used Spain. Although, of course. Well, you argue with me then. <laughs> Of course, Spain don't have uh, a direct striker like Balotelli. We're going to get to that when we actually preview the game. But final word on on Germany, because, okay, so what stands out is Joachim Löw made, you know, this this decision, which which clearly backfired um, in in playing Toni Kroos on, on, on Pirlo. But it also struck me that a lot of individuals who had played very well in this tournament thus far simply went missing on the night. I, I'm thinking of, of Mats Hummels. I had him in Hummels, my team yeah. of the tournament before the game, and afterwards I was like, because eh, he was really, really awful. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Ozil really seemed to suffer once he was out. He didn't seem happy. It looked like we, we saw sort of stroppy misuit, which I was hoping we wouldn't see again. Uh, so was in... Was in- Hasn't been fit anyway. He hasn't been fit. We give him a pass, but you know Gomez was 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 awful again. Because um, Gomez is what it is. He's just a striker that wants the ball, and what that's why closer plays more often, and that's why probably Low likes more closer. So the shortcomings is this still a, a great generation of German players, or do they come out of this maybe a little bit reevaluated? And the fact that maybe the gap between Spain and Germany is still there. Well, I, we thought that they were superhuman. The Germans and they had. You the, always do this. You talk in plural. Speak for yourself. I well, thought. I'm in Spain. Talk about Germans. Okay, and speak they, about a, speak for a whole nation. Go ahead. About thirty-five million two hundred and fifty-seven people, and I've got the stats to prove it. Think that the Germans are very strong mentally, and we wanted to be Germans, and I we wanted uh, to have that that kind of um, attitude during the tournaments that made them so so special, so difficult to to beat as well. They seem to have lost that, and I think the less you win, the less you have it, and the more you win, the more you have it. Italy keep it, Spain have all, all of a sudden won it, and that has been missing for uh, by, by Germany. But don't forget, it's the, it's the youngest team in the tournament. I'm sure that they learn from this experience, and, and after all, you know they were in the semi-finals, and you know it was a, about 20 minutes of uh, of bad football that that knocked them out. They they had a good. End of the of the game. It was two one at the end. You could, you know, stop it. No, uh, no. <laughs> um, let me ask you about uh, about Spain actually, because um, there's there's been a lot of debate uh, about how the Spanish team compares to to 2010 and 2008. I will not ask you whether Spain are boring because it's just such an asinine question. It doesn't bear contemplating. But 2010 World Cup, Spain did not score a lot of goals. Um, had comparable amounts of possession to what they have today. But it looked to me as if they were creating more chances, uh, maybe not finishing um, that many. Um, is this by design, or is this team maybe not as good as it was as they were two years ago? Villa is not there. That's a big, big, big problem, uh, certainly. And it is a progression of the same idea, but uh, in a defensive way. Uh, this this team has found has got to this stage of the season really 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 tired, and just have a look at the the players that have not played because that will tell you something about them. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, I'm thinking of Llorente, uh, perhaps even Mata. They're so tired that they're not going to take part of the tournament. As simple as that. And I know Vicente del Bosque, if he had had the chance to see them for two or three days before having to choose them, he may have just said, no, we'll get somebody else. Let's get so, Soldado. Let's get Soldado, for instance. So, uh, or Isco, one of those. Uh, in any case, uh, that means that they decided to have a kind of a conservative approach to possession in which they keep the ball to actively rest. And because we become the team that concedes less chances, less shots on goal, but only concede one goal as well, seems to be working because you putting perhaps too much emphasis on talent, you think that at some point something's going to come out and, and you're going to score. But... Uh, you know, it's a it's, it's a risky business because against against Portugal, for instance, for the ninety minutes, Portugal it, were better. It, it is true, talent and physical fitness so often go go hand in hand, and I don't just mean physical fitness. Oh, is he carrying a knock? Is he running? But you know, is he running and performing at the peak levels? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes a less talented player at his peak level is worth more than a very talented player who you know is maybe a few percent below his peak level. Um, Portugal. Portugal came out, pressed Spain high. Um, did they maybe, was that maybe Spain's toughest game of the tournament? After of, Italy, of course. Of the last five years, I would say. The toughest, the toughest game. Talking to the players. Tougher than when you lost to Switzerland, clearly. 
honestly, I mean, that game we had like 23 shots on goal. We could have scored yeah, six goals. But it was really, really tough, both mentally and, and physically. Uh, you could see, as you said, very cleverly, and I think that's the way to play Spain. Portugal defend, defended high up. And there were a point where even the centre-backs didn't want to build from the back. They just It was long balls. Negredo was there to actually fight those long balls, and he didn't. And there was no fluency in the game. There was not enough passing. Uh, the possession was, again, very conservative. So all in all, it was, it was a poor Spain. And you have to overcome that. In the past, it would have been like, oh, we cannot do it. We cannot do it. You know, the next chance of Portugal, they're going to score. And it didn't happen. It, it just didn't happen. The two centre-backs have been extraordinary, with the exception of one moment, where, before you say it, I'll say it, when <laughs> Balotelli took the best of uh, Sergio Ramos. But generally, they've just been fantastic help. By I like to say, when he made Sergio Ramos his uh, female dog. <laughs> um, but I, in that game, a lot of controversy over the penalty kicks in the end. Uh, Ronaldo due to come up fifth, and of course, it never came to that. Um, interestingly, of course, Xavi Alonso missed the first penalty mm-hmm. for Spain, and uh, yeah, for Spain, and then you know, but then Portugal missed a couple. Um, now, as I understand it, and uh, as Graham Pohl tells me, um, the order of the penalty takers isn't set in stone. And I thought you could change the order. You can actually change the penalty takers as well, as long as you tell the referee, you know, hey. Do you know, you I'm know. not. I'm not sure people know that. I, I, I might just be talking. Rubbish here, but I'm, just, I'm I'm not sure because you see it written. Did Paolo Bento know that? Well, that's what I mean. It, it gets written. It's like one, two, three. And for instance, Spain were talking about numbers as well. You're going to be the sec- uh, first. Cesc was offered the second, and he said, "No, no, I'll take the fifth. So, but let's take a step back and assume that you know he couldn't have changed the order. He never contemplated changing the order. If he sends Ronaldo out at number five. Which is, by the way, and according to Nani, it was a demand of Ronaldo. Ronaldo wanted to be the fifth. And the, the, the manager agreed. That's, that, that, that's really interesting because, of course, at number five, you may not take a penalty. Generally speaking, most conventional wisdom has it that your, your most important penalties are number one and number four. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lose a penalty kick on, or, or series of penalty kicks on number three but it almost never happens number four is kind of like your stay alive and number one obviously psychologically has a has a big knock-on effect um if that if this is the case then should we blame paulo bento for just letting ronaldo do what he does even if it hurts the team i, I think first of all the argument is wrong in the sense that uh, people are saying that he bottled to actually take one of the five penalties, well, no, it's not uh, bottling it. Let, let's assuming first. first no, no, yeah, nobody's. Let's not say he bottled it because he probably didn't think that maybe they'd be out by then. Um, but even then, if you're Paolo Bento, you're an international manager. Uh, you should know how penalty kicks works and say, Cristiano, you realize that if you're number five, you may not get to take a penalty. But that's assuming that uh, Paolo Bento thought that first and fourth are most important because by the sounds of it. They decided on Ronaldo taking the fifth for a reason, because he thought, for whatever reason... That the people before him weren't going to miss. They were not going to miss, or Casillas was going to stop a penalty, or whatever it was. And the fifth penalty, see if I can explain this properly, the fifth penalty is the only one that you can win or lose the game. I know that before, if there is mistakes or if... if, 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 What I'm saying is the fifth is one that actually can win you 
the the so on the hand side so before. I know, but what before you start okay. without knowing well, the mistakes? Let's not reopen. Let's, and Cesc has done it twice against Italy and against Portugal. Okay, good for Cesc. Uh, let's not reopen this kind of words about the fact we had this long debate about this, and I think you get into a, a whole a whole issue of, of game theory and probability. Um, but final question on uh, on on Ronaldo. Does he come out of this tournament with his reputation enhanced? I'd say so, completely. And people will remember the fifth penalty and sometimes we take debates uh, and, and do much more than they deserve. This guy has actually made Portugal semi-finalist. He, the team played for him. It was a, it was a team basically with, uh, with only one quality midfielder in terms of passing the ball with Moutinho. The rest was just... Play for him with uh, Coentra, wonderful, wonderful uh, tournament he had as well. Joao Pereira on the right hand side as well. But it was all down to what Ronaldo wanted to do. So he's carried the whole team the same way almost as Platini did with France and Maradona with with Argentina. Just needed that little step, step perhaps the World Cup. Again, Sunday, mm. Spain can achieve something which nobody in the history of the game has ever done: three major tournaments in a row. Um, now, you don't need to actually beat Italy to do it. You haven't beaten Italy in 92 years. And that's yes, it. before people write in, I know about Euro 2008, that was penalties. That's what I'm getting to. That's not, that's not a proper win, but it, it's, what, it's a necessary evil to determine who gets to take the trophy home. Um, do you think it's going to go to penalties? It, it could well be, but the interesting thing is that uh, we used to hate to remember those records wait don't you have that special distinction that you're the only country who's ever lost to England on penalty kicks in major tournaments isn't that great that's fantastic <laughs> yeah it was 96 of course in the quarterfinals in the game that nobody wants to remember where we actually played much better than England but nobody wants to remember it but but yeah um, it, w- it could it could well go to penalties but what I'm saying is the kind of record that we used to hate to remember oh we never beaten France oh my god we never beaten uh, Italy, but all of a sudden we're just not we're not scared. Yeah, that's right. Let's just break that record as well. The same way that we've broken so many in the last few years. It is that winning mentality, which I don't know what it, you know what you take yeah. in the morning to uh, to half, but that we you know spend certainly half. I will leave you with a question, which hopefully will throw you for a loop. Tell me three things that Italy need to do to win the game. Certainly, move the ball, move the ball the same way that they moved it against uh, Germany. That suggests that they they keep the ball, have possession. Two, not be scared of uh, of look the uh, the Spain spacing behind the the uh, full backs and the centre backs as well. So get uh, get Balotelli to fix the centre backs, which will allow Spain to be a little bit less compact. And and three, just uh, take advantage of the few chances we're going to give you. Few chances against a team that's taken had more chances than any other in the tournament. And against a team that has considered yeah. less chances in the tournament. Well, you know, Guillaume, you're talking about sort of unstoppable force, a movable object here. Um, but uh, you know what? If that's all Italy have to do, um, then I feel pretty good about our chances. I will predict an Italy win um, because that's what I'm expected to do. You, I'm assuming, will dissent. Uh, completely. We definitely got. Definitely, definitely, definitely going to beat you. I've got no, no doubt whatsoever. 
Well, all will be revealed on Sunday in just a little over 48 hours from when, uh, from our time of recording here. Thank you for listening. Um, we've had great fun. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a bit rough out on the road, uh, but uh, hopefully we brought a little bit of Euro 2012 uh, to you. Uh, in the meantime, remember, the football doesn't stop. Uh, it's not, and I don't, I'm not just saying this because Olympic football is coming up, but there's lots of more meaningful things like endless summer transfer speculation. And you can get it all at thetimes.co.uk. You can, of course, follow us all on Twitter. I'm on there. Guillaume Ballet is on there with like a quarter of a million plus followers, many, many more than me. You can also download our iPad app like a newspaper with buttons, whistles and bells and graphics and fancy features. Uh, it is worth checking out. And for those of us who are old school, the game, the paper edition, the one edited by the legendary Tony Evans, our boss, uh, well, that'll be out on Monday. But after that, that's going to be out on August 12th. So um, if you still own calendars and not those fancy electronic things, please mark it on there. Uh, it's been a privilege. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.